Hey, this is Brent Jensen. You're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And Dr. Jillian Turnbull makes her return to the show. You will remember her from episode 74. She is a writer, professor, and author of Sonic Booms, Making Music in an Oil Town. Welcome back, Jillian. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. It's great to have you back. It's fun to be back. What's new? What's new? My book is done. Good. It's on its way out. So that's a huge relief. Good. That's all I've been thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's the what's yeah. the release date? There isn't an official one yet, but I'm having I am having a launch in Calgary on May first, so we Good. can say that's an official date. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Exciting. I am very excited to read it. Will you sign my copy? Sure. I, I'd get you to sign my copies of your books, but they're all digital. Oh, that's, that's bad news. I should have. I didn't. I would have brought copies in for you today. Oh, that would have been cool. I didn't realize you can PDF me a signature. <laughs> An e-signature. I'll paste it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're doing something of a home and home here today and tomorrow. Yes. Because you are appearing here. I'm hosting you on the show today. Yeah. And tomorrow you'll be hosting me. In my class. I'm so excited. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. The yeah. kids are going to love you. I know it. You think so? Yeah. That's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I do a fair bit of speaking now and sometimes... The younger audiences are the harder ones to win over, I find. Yeah. They're used to being entertained. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like constantly, things changing constantly. Yeah. So if I talk too long, they start to doze off a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But but you have a good group. You're coming into a good group tomorrow. Good. So good. Well, you're set. I'm going to keep it peppy. Don't worry. Yeah. My week of Brent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? I love it. <laughs> That's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, me yeah. too. Music's impact on consumer behavior. Mm -hmm. They love talking about that. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. yeah, big topic amongst kids today. I shouldn't call them kids. Young adults. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Good. That's <laughs> no, going to be a lot of fun. I yeah. can't wait. And you today, while I'm hosting you, you have uh, a lot of really great songs to talk about today. Mm -hmm. I love this. Uh, I love this pack of songs you've got. Thanks. Let's start out with the Cowboy Junkies mm -hmm. and Sun Comes Up. It's Tuesday morning. This is the live version, right? This is the live version, yeah. And that was uh, the one I got to know first. So I'm very, very attached to this version and will okay. always put it on before others. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so I guess my thinking behind this whole list was just because I'm finishing the book and I'm kind of casting Roots music out of my life for good, or mm -hmm. at least for the foreseeable future. Okay. I thought, well, I should, you know, revisit like what makes me love the genre. Mm -hmm. So I put together a bunch of songs that I felt were, you know, just really meaningful to me i guess right at some point or another so the cowboy junkies was early in my exposure to what we call roots i guess mm -hmm. and maybe the late 90s i started listening to them and they were the kind of band that all my friends listened to and copies of their discs were circulating through our groups and stuff like that and okay. i bought this one which is what's it called 200 miles from nowhere i don't, I don't sure. even remember what it's called the live yeah. the live record yeah i don't know it's something some number of miles Mm -hmm. from somewhere okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay i think <laughs> this is where i really falter with with music i can never remember titles it's terrible I, I i don't know what this what this record is i wasn't even sure they had a live record out yeah the i think it's a double too um and it's anyway all great renditions of their songs and i think there's some covers on it but this was always the one that stuck out for me and i would mm -hmm. play it on repeat and I love Margot Timmons' voice. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just such a beautiful, warm sound and very, she's, it feels like she's really got it under control all the time, oh, but it's yeah. still super expressive. And um, 
I like the message of this song. And she opens the the live version by talking about, you know, how this is for everybody who's going to wake up in the morning with nobody beside them and mm-hmm. what a wonderful thing that can be. And I just really liked the message of that, that you can go through terrible heartbreak and still come out okay and actually maybe a bit happy that that person's gone, mm-hmm. right? And enjoy the very simple things of like eating an entire bowl of popcorn or having the other <laughs> side of the bed to yourself or yeah. um, whatever, even as you miss all of the little things that you loved about them too or the routines that you had together. So it's really just like a snapshot of a day, right? Mm-hmm. Where she wakes up and realizes this person is gone and this is how things are going to unfold. And there's like a kind of serene happiness. Silver lining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's always been one of my favorites, and I'll always go back to that version for sure. The Junkies, though, like I got away f- from listening to them a lot, maybe in the early 2000s. I want to say that they kind of were forgotten. I hate saying that. But maybe, yeah. 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 I had um, Andrea Ramelow in here a oh, while ago. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Andrea? Well, it's funny you should say this because I met her at the Calgary Folk Festival when the Cowboy Junkies were playing. <laughs> yeah, because she yeah. Uh, she recorded with the Cowboy Junkies uh, guitar player. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple times. Interesting. I should look that up. Yeah. I assume they're out, those tracks. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're okay. good. And yeah, they're, yeah. They, they have a Junkies feel to them. Okay. To a degree, yeah. Well, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. And she's a, she lives in Toronto now, yes? Yeah, she does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think she's on tour right now. Okay. Yeah, well, that's weird coincidence. It is weird. I remember meeting her very distinctly in the audience at the festival. and. Oh, really? How, yeah. What, what, you're just standing? How, how did it happen? I don't even know. I just remember talking to her about her music. And I mean, this was probably now 20 years ago. It's ages ago. Wow. Yeah. And did you know who she was at that time? No, but she told me and I thought, oh, I'm going to kind of keep track of her and like look her music up. And I do every mm-hmm. once in a while. And mm-hmm. that was it. That was our only meeting. But it's great. Yeah. Yeah. She's got some yeah. great songs. Yeah. I really like her. Yeah. She And did she live in Montreal too for a while? Uh, yes, she did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I vaguely, maybe I followed her more than the Cowboy Junkies after she that. She actually lived in, she spent time in Leonard Cohen's house. No way. Yeah. In his home. Whoa. Yeah. I bet there's a lot of ghosts there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she just did uh, a retrospective record of yeah. all of her favorite Leonard Cohen songs. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. realize that. I'll yeah. look that up too. Yeah. He's got a real presence in Montreal, hey? Oh, he certainly does. Yeah. 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 I think my dad, my dad's going to kill me for saying this, but I'm pretty sure he told me a story about how, like he lived in Montreal in the 60s mm-hmm. and he would go listen to him and I think saw him one day in a park or something like that. And he and his friend followed Leonard Cohen home, like hoping they would get a chance to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe Leonard Cohen knew they were there and just was trying to dodge them. Oh, yeah. I don't know the outcome of the story, but Interesting. Yeah, very much a presence in the scenes they were oh, yeah. occupying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another Canadian is next on your list. Kathleen Edwards. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you a fan? I'm a huge fan. This is, um, she has a song called away. And I think that, I talked to somebody about this previously. I thought it was you. I guess it wasn't. Huh. Her song called Away is amazing. What it's, album is that from? Uh, it's not on Failure. Okay. It is this, I think it's the record that came out after. Yeah. Which is, again, I forget that album's name. It was the one that had the least impact on me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But she's sitting like in a field. That's right. I was just going to say she's sitting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. I can't think of the name of it. It's one word, I think. Yeah. But I, the, that song is just, 
it doesn't get any more real yeah. than listening to her perform that song. Okay. Incredible. I'm going to revisit it. Please. Yeah I, yeah. I highly recommend it to anybody. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. But isn't that her gift? That it she is. talks about things that nobody else will dare talk about mm-hmm. in a way that feels like, I hate to use this word, but authentic, right? Like you feel like she's telling you something that actually happened to her mm-hmm. and not holding anything back. Nothing. And who does that these days? Everybody's got some sort of like, agenda. you know, yeah, agenda or some sort of like veils that keeps you from accessing them directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not her. No, not at all. Do you think that's what destroyed her in the end? Uh, potentially. Yeah. Potentially. I think she's making a comeback. Really? She? Is she starting you know, to play again? Yeah. Mm. She bought a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Right? In Quitters. Stittsville. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and now I think she's coming back on the on the scene, I think. Okay. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. I'm going to try and get her on the show. That would be amazing. Yeah. I'm a yeah. huge fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think she's like a difficult character in the way that you don't mind. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. She's just got a lot of complicated thoughts in her head. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Has yeah. to get them out somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pr- I I suspect I pissed her off oh. when I when I used to write about this kind of music more, like with no depression and that kind of thing. Really? Yeah. I wrote about her a fair bit because when her album Voyageur came out, okay. I was going through a parallel, very bad time in my life. Okay. And I felt like the way she was going between sort of exaltation and joy about this new life she was about to start and deep turmoil over the life she was leaving Mm -hmm. was just, you know, exactly parallel to what I was thinking about. And so I would write these like reviews of her songs and, you know, just sort of funny little posts about her. And I I think at some point I saw some tweets that indicated she was not pleased with how people had received that album. And I thought, oh, maybe (laughs) I was part of that Ah. just because she laid it all out there, right? She was getting divorced and it was and I think maybe she'd had an affair or she was moving on to another guy or something. And mm-hmm. so she's very explicit about that on that album. But yeah, yeah, maybe regretted that in the end. Uh, but I don't know. I think it made people love her, right? Because oh, yeah. she was talking about things that we all go through. So, well, you know, everybody wants to see what's behind the curtain. Yeah. Right? And I think a lot of people appreciated that. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. This song, Maria, um, I just always liked the music of it. Yeah. Like I know the lyrics. I can sing along to all of them they don't stick with me necessarily it was just the power of that sound i remember having this record when i lived in edmonton and i was driving back and forth between edmonton and calgary mm-hmm. uh quite a lot that summer and uh and so i would always have it on and always this song on repeat and just feeling like this was a kind of female not even anger necessarily but sort of power mm-hmm. just in the way the song was arranged and the way she was singing it i just yeah really drew me in every time but the song before that i think it's the one the track directly before westby do you remember that one yes that's a brutal song like what happened to her oh yeah i think that's one of the more popular tunes isn't it i think so yeah yeah because this is from failure yeah yeah Yeah, well that whole album is pretty yeah yeah amazing like that had all been sitting there for way too long and oh yeah got totally polished up and then put into this perfect album yes yeah oh if you get her on here I want to. I'm curious to hear what she has to say. I'll send her a link to this show. (laughs) (laughs) Like that woman who keeps writing about me. (laughs) Her. I'm not coming on the show. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's okay. I'm done doing that. So So it's okay for her to come on the show. Yeah. No danger there. (laughs) (laughs) Next is Katie Lang. Yes. Canadian woman. And I'm not not familiar with this tune. Big boned gal. Yeah. It's, it's one of my two favorites from that. 
album, which is Absolute Torch and Twang. Do you know the album? It's maybe around. I'm not super familiar with it. Yeah. Probably at that time you weren't really thinking about country music, I'm guessing. Well, when did did Katie make her, remember when she came out and she kind of had that crazy hoedown outfit on and those, Mm -hmm. those cat, uh, cat eye glasses. Do you remember that? That was around then. Was, is that, was that that late? Uh, gosh, like, I, I feel like it was like 86, 87, around there anyway. Yeah, yeah. That was her first, that, like that was her debut. Right? right. Okay. Yeah. In in the kind of national consciousness. Correct. She was well known in Calgary and that area for a while before that. Okay. Doing some pretty crazy, like, you know, the wedding dress performances. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She got a lot of people's attention. Yeah. 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 And then I think this is like the next, Absolute Torch and Twang is the next step in the country direction mm-hmm. or the next phase of that before, cause then in the nineties, she kind of just goes pop, right? She doesn't yes. really go back to the country stuff much. Right. Yeah. So I liked it because it is that classic country sound, but a, maybe a more produced, sophisticated kind of take on it. Mm-hmm. But it's still very like these to me are how country songs should sound. Yeah. I don't know, or, or maybe like indicative of a particular period of time, uh, you know, the sort of new country, George Strait, right. Alan Jackson period of songs. Yeah. Yeah. But but she's more in line with what I think of maybe neo-traditionalist is a better word, okay. like the kind of classic two-stepping types of songs where there's strong fiddle presence and, you know, lots just lots of twang, right? Almost a bluegrassy. Yeah, almost. Yeah. yeah. Like, but strong rhythmic drive. and Yes. Yeah. 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 So I like this one and I like Trail of Broken Hearts, but I thought everybody knows Trail of Broken Hearts or it's a more popular song yeah. from that album. And this one is just so funny and it's and it feels very Albertan, right? You just feel like you can envision this woman who's going down to the Legion Hall every Saturday night and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't call her small. <laughs> Big boned gal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And her voice is incredible on this track. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything she sings obviously is great, but I feel like she gets that country sound so well the the kind of patsy klein yeah twang yeah yes yeah that's a great example yeah. yeah she does a rendition of three cigarettes uh the patsy klein song oh does she really yeah and i looked that one up when i was preparing this list and i thought oh, maybe that's one because i'm i'm playing three cigarettes right now and and uh i it's a beautiful sa- song but it's also like one of those terrible ones, you know, first there were two cigarettes in the ashtray yeah. and there were three and now there's only two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, and it's great. And she did a, I think a whole album of covers with Owen Bradley, right? Producing. No. Um, I'm asking you to confirm all these like random facts I have in my head that <laughs> may not be true. <laughs> yes, correct. correct. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Should have done my research before I came. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think it's a whole CD with with Owen Bradley. Okay, and I think that's where she does like Roy Orbison, Patsy Cline, maybe Loretta Lynn's on there. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, the that country greats. Yeah. Yeah. Another country great, Susie Bogus is next. Mm-hmm. Night Riders Lament. This is I want to say late '80s. Yeah, I think so. Is that right? Yeah, I don't quite know the trajectory of Su- Susie Bogus's career. I just I remember but, her. This goes way back. This is, yeah. I remember her from the '80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she, if you need no other confirmation, when you look up those performances online, she looks like she's in the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. if nothing yeah. else, we can trust that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She has a great voice, too. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Classic. Country. Yes. And she's very funny. 
Is she? In performance, yeah. I don't know. She's, I don't know a lot about her. Yeah, well, she's kind of in some ways faded away. Like, I think she still has a really strong audience base mm-hmm. and can tour pretty easily, but she's not in the mainstream consciousness anymore like she was then. Mm. Yeah, but I always liked her because she's she's singing a kind of Western repertoire, which is different from country, right? Like, she's tapped into that cowboy oh, song, yeah, yeah material. Yeah. So she did some Ian Tyson covers, and oh, I didn't like know I always that. liked her um, uh, someday soon. Okay. Yeah. And and this one, now I don't know who wrote this song originally. I know, I think it was Jerry Jeff Walker covered it and Ian Tyson covered it. I'm not sure. I've heard different versions. And it's such a weird song because it's almost out of time in a way. Like it's talking about the life of a cowboy mm-hmm. and how futile it is basically like these guys who are just so attached to the occupation yeah. they never make any money and it takes them away from home you know they're traveling and you know doing this work in faraway places and they give up everything right so she's kind of talking from the perspective of someone who's been discarded or cast aside in favor of this work and mm-hmm. can't figure out why these guys do it continuously but then it's interspersed like with that narrative is all these like wonderful just pictures of the west and and the landscape and the beauty of it and yeah and then she yodels i was gonna say she yodels twice in this song yeah yodeling in the middle and i think she finishes it with yeah doesn't she yeah and that's actually i've always been interested in yodeling Mm -hmm. and i try to yodel with other songs that i know by men Mm-hmm. And I finally figured out, oh, I should yodel with her okay. because my voice is in a similar register. Sure. And so like yodeling is the, here I am teaching like a professor. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do Love with it. kids. Love it. <laughs> yodeling is basically the core component of yodeling is going between the head voice, the falsetto, okay. mm-hmm. and the chest voice. So if you go over the break very rapidly, that is a yodel. So it can just be two notes, okay. right? But then you can draw it out into this very artistic Back and forth. And that's what contributes to that kind of high-pitched yeah. break between the... Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. So people are going way up into their falsetto, a place they don't probably normally occupy. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then they do it really unusual. fast. Ah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I'd always try to yodel with whatever, like Hank Williams or Jimmy Roger, whoever, right? Yeah. And didn't achieve it because, I mean, granted, their falsetto is also high, but... I just, it worked with Susie Boggess. So I mm-hmm. do like to yodel at home with her. <laughs> I wow. Don't know that I'll ever do it in public. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get you to do it on the show? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have brought me a glass of There's vodka instead there. of water. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the bottle's full of vodka. <laughs> Okay, so maybe later on. <laughs> Around the 25-minute mark. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. when all things, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, your next pick is Maggie Bjorklund. Bjorklund. Mm-hmm. And uh, the song is called Insect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did you ever listen to this? Uh, I did not. I know, the only thing I know about her is that she's played with Clexico and Jack White, a bunch of people. Right? Yeah. I don't know a lot about her otherwise. Well, there's not a lot available about her. I've searched her a few times and there's not a comprehensive overview of her career or what she's doing next or anything like that. Mm. She played, I think she played with a couple of groups. I don't know if they were Danish groups, like she is Danish, I think, and yeah. and played with uh, the Miss B Havens. It was all like three separate words. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I think the Darlene's or something the like Darlene's, that. The Darlene's, yes. Yeah. Yep. And then picked up Pedal Steel. 
Yeah. And so then got brought into this whole like Americana fold, I guess, yes. by doing that. And there's no women pedal steel players out there. So I love her for that reason because I'm learning to play. Oh, pedal steel? Yeah. I will always wow. be learning. <laughs> well, I've been playing for four years now. It's and I'm, not easy. Again, not taking that outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you say that now. Yeah, that's true. 25 minutes. Maybe I'll yodel and play the steel guitar at the same time. I happen to have all my one friends in at there. <laughs> if you did, I would play it just because that would be too good to be true. Wouldn't it? <laughs> you couldn't not yeah. play it if I had one. On hand. Yeah, exactly. Dragged it all the way here for this. <laughs> so I, so I love her for that reason. And I love that album. Uh, I think it's called Shaken that this appears on. Okay. And it's a mix of instrumental and vocal tunes. Uh, I think she has John Convertino from Calexico on there playing yes. drums. Yep. And then a few other people from that world. Um, so I, I had listened to it a lot as I was starting to play. And then actually just a few weeks ago, I took it to my teacher and he, and I said, I want to learn this song. We were in the middle of Three Cigarettes, which is a very different country song. Mm. And I said, I want to learn this too. And he was sort of taken aback, but he has since like really gotten on board. And so he will go deep and he just pulls up the YouTube video of it and he'll watch her intently, rewind it like 25 times to make sure he gets exactly what she's doing, right. teach it to me. And then he'll like spin off into this, you know, theory lesson saying, this is such a great, you picked such a great song because now we can do this. <laughs> she shows wow. me all this stuff. So that's a gift. Clearly, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, he is amazing. Yeah, the great Burt Carroll. Yeah, wow. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> 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 Everything about her is so cool. And not very well known, as you say. No, and she should be better known. And I hope she does another album because it's great, great music. Like it's a little dark, you know, the yes. way that classic Americana is kind of dark and moody. Yeah. Well, you have to be a little bit dark and moody to play with Jack White, too. True. Right. Yeah. I wonder what, what he's like to work with. Uh, he's one of those just kind of peculiar genius types, I think. Yeah. Like, you never know what you're going to get. Can you imagine having him on this show? I could not imagine that, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> he does so much to say. He, d he would, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't <sighs> be able to get him to shut up. I want to, well, geez, you could do, like, it would be so vast in terms of, like, the songs that make his skin vibrate. Yeah, exactly. What would that be like? Yeah. He'd probably come in with, like, a list of 300. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be a long show. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would be very interesting, actually. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Well, you never know. You should try. I, I, my claim to fame with Jack White is I, I, I sort of, by extension, made him cry once. What? Mm -hmm. How? I was researching this film on Loretta Lynn. I was the like the research person for the documentary okay. with a film company, and they went down to film all the people they were interviewing, and he was one because he's in, worked with her, right? Yeah, in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, and they have that album together. So, so they set him up in this chair, and in the movie, he's in like this sort of throne type chair. It's funny. I think they were in a studio, mm -hmm. and so I I had to send the list of questions to everybody who's in that movie right and like yeah. research their background and figure out the ways they were attached to loretta and yeah and then get the the questions to the interviewer's hands and uh anyway so it was just some question like explain why you think she's a great songwriter and so he goes into this discussion about how she created this like double chorus structure in fist city okay 
And he's like breaking down as he talks about it. <laughs> Who writes a song like that? He's getting all teary. That, that, see, that is exactly that concept right there is exactly yeah. what I go after on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm fascinated with that. Me too. Yeah. That someone listens that carefully. Yeah. For one, and has that like just unfiltered reaction. Yeah. 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 So amazing. You know who did that on the show once? Who? Rick Emmett from Triumph. Cried? Yes. I heard that one. Did you? Yeah, yeah. He we had I remember to that. we had to stop. Oh. No, it was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> he I it was interesting because I wasn't sure what was happening. We we're talking about he, he was talking about a guitar solo. Yeah. And he said he played it and he was he through the guitar solo he was trying to communicate a message to someone else. Whoa. And so he, you know, he's describing it and then he just stops and he looks at the floor. Aww. This is in his basement. I thought he was trying to remember something yeah. that he wanted to say. And then I saw a tear. Yeah. You know, and then he, I think at the end he had, he admitted it, that he, he said I shed a tear, folks, or something like that. Yeah. But it, that's the, the, the beauty of this exercise, truly. Yes. Right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. So what is that? I'm sorry, I'm going to totally turn the tables on you No, now. please. What is that song for you? Which song? Oh, that song. Yeah. Um, oh, there are so many. There Away are. Is one of those. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe I'm amazed. Oh, McCartney. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Uh, just that that melody. Yeah. Ooh, you know that he sings that melody line. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It just makes my skin vibrate every huh. single time I hear it. Wow. Um. There's a song called Rental Love. Uh-huh. By a band called Lake Street Dive. Oh. Do you know, know them? Yeah, yeah. So listen to that song, Jill. Okay. And at the very end, listen yeah. to the way that she delivers that last line. Okay. Chokes you up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So do you have like emotional associations with these songs or it's purely the music for you? Sometimes. It's, you know, there's a song like that. Um, called Handbags and Glad Rags. Okay. Do you know that song? No. It's kind of a classic. So. Okay. Um, and just something about the way that the chords move together. Yeah. I, I, I can't describe what happens, but it just kind of breaks me up. Hmm. It's, it's got nothing to do with the lyrics. The lyrics are about, you know, some grandfather telling his granddaughter about clothing or whatever it's just completely right. irrelevant yeah but like the way that the chords move yeah just does something to me okay yeah it's yeah incredible see and i like when you can't fully explain it too mm -hmm. because it's especially in my line of work that's all we endeavor to do is yes. just it's almost like squashing somebody's emotional reaction by saying well it's actually just <laughs> you know these chords or or this timbre or whatever that you're yeah. hearing and it's not our intent necessarily, but it has that effect, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when you just can't get at why something moves you. Yeah. Yeah. You jogged all these memories now. Like I have so many of these. So I yeah. can take the show over now. No, do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is uh, this is the position I like to be in. Like I, I like interviewing. <laughs> but what, one more, send in the clowns. Oh, really? If you remember that song? So when yeah. I was a kid, and, and this makes perfect sense because in my last book, I really took a good hard look at why I felt the way that I did about certain songs. Okay. Without just kind of saying, Oh, it makes me sad. It's kind of weird. Like I really kind of thought about where I was in my life and how I was living yep. and so forth. And sending the clowns, I was probably about eight years old and I saw it on the American music awards or whatever it was. It's yeah. the award show. And it, 
you know, they, they dramatize these things by playing them out, right? They have right. actors kind of, and Barbara Streisand, I think, or somebody was performing it. I don't know who, but it was like at the very end, this, this little clown yeah. was by himself and there's like a single spotlight shining on him. Oh. And it was like, I remember being so sad oh. watching this. And so, you know, it, it just triggers something in you. So every time you hear that song afterwards, it's like, oh, my God, you know? Yeah. And you can't really shake it. Mm-hmm. But you learn so much about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you really go through and listen to those songs and think about where you were in your life. Right. And where your head was at. Yeah. And it's it can be a very hard thing to do mm-hmm. to make yourself revisit those periods, especially, I think, if it involves something like empathy or sadness. Yeah. Like feeling for somebody else is mm-hmm. almost worse than feeling for yourself. Absolutely. Perhaps way more worse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, well said. You're right. And to your point, you know, the point you made earlier about maybe never knowing why, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the, the it, it's like the, the, the journey versus the destination. Right. Right. Yeah. You just want to feel it. Exactly. Yeah. Be there with it and then let it go. Yeah. And just, and that's the great thing about music too, is it's always temporal, right? So you can be in it and then be out of it. That's right. In the way that like looking at a piece of art doesn't facilitate the same way. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the edge music has. Yeah. So true. Yeah, exactly. So true. Yeah. Deep. Super deep. (laughs) Where does this come from? I don't know. But this is the ethos of the show. This is the essence of the show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So great. Yeah. And you can't stage this stuff, right? No, not at all. I'm so glad that we kind of came down into this. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, And yeah, like I think for things like this, I was telling you at the beginning, you know, I didn't really prepare all that much today, but I often over prepare because mm-hmm. I worry that I'll run out of things to say. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't ever happen, but <laughs> I'm glad I didn't today. Yeah. It's like XL on Main Street, Jill. Spontaneity. It wasn't. That's right. Yeah. You know, it was just what you, what you hear is what you get. It was dirty and it was raw and it was real. And it was great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We still have a lot of songs to talk about. Do we? I've lost track of where we are here. <laughs> Sorry. Too. It was completely wet, like way out the other way. That's all right. No, that's, I think that's great. Um, Calexico is your next song. Uh, Maybe yeah. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Calexico kind of first came on my radar. One of my close buddies, Kevin Reed, um, was like my musical pusher. And mm-hmm. he introduced me to Calexico and a bunch of other bands. I think it was, uh, Beast of Wire. Mm-hmm. That was, was my record. introduction too. Oh, was it really? Yeah, like two thousand two yeah. or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved Calexico. Oh yeah. Now. And have you listened ever since? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not as much as I probably should. But. Yeah, I feel like they're a band you can dip in and out of sometimes. That yeah. you know what you're going to get with them. So to yeah. take a break is okay. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe on Monday. Yeah, maybe this is one of those songs for me where, again, it it reminds me of a bad period of my life, and I won't go into the details why, because the world doesn't need to know my problems, but uh, one, so what I did, I was overworking, that was one of my problems, and so I was working about probably 70 hours a week at that point, and I would come home, and I'd have this very small window in which I could like just get a cup of coffee and prepare for the night of work that it was ahead. And I would just, you know, listen to a couple of songs or watch a couple of videos on YouTube and, and relax for a minute before mm-hmm. I started in again. And every once in a while I was alone when these moments happened, uh, cause I was in a situation where I wasn't living alone. And 
every day. That was the first song I put on and I got my expensive headphones and plugged them into the computer yeah. and watched this live performance of the show and felt like, at least I have this song. Like this song to me represented everything I wanted in my life or everything I needed to feel, but was incapable of feeling like I was repressing a lot of stuff at that time. And the video I would watch is them in Berlin they're very popular in Europe and, and Germany, especially. Really? Yeah, and they tour know. over there all the time. So they have like these huge audiences and big shows. And so there was this one venue in Berlin where everything is suspended. It's like a big warehouse or something. And the audience is suspended on these kind of like um, walkways and the bands in front of them. And they have a whole bunch of clips from that performance. But the Maybe on Monday performance is just really powerful. And mm -hmm. it felt like escape and freedom and, again can't articulate it just yeah something will change that was the feeling i always had when i listened and that's fascinating and then all the things changed eventually and i stopped listening to the song but when i go back i am right back in that moment of that year it was like 2013 of just feeling like isn't that magical desperate yeah and i mean like so see, here I go immediately. It's, it's like, okay, well, Joey Burns, you know, he's got this very haunting voice and, <laughs> you know, like just the, the number, sheer number of instruments in the band and the kinds of things those musicians can do. Like you can see musically how it all works to put you in that frame of mind. Oh, but I sure. also don't want to really explain it. Yeah. And it's also cool lyrics in this song, right? Yes. I wrote you a love song and it got picked up by the wind and carried away and burned in a fire and... And the last line of the song, what is it? Oh, I can't remember. But it's something, till I lie down by your side. I'll carry the song with me every day until I lie down by your side. That's very mm. romantic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, just everything about it. Oh, takes my breath away. So it's, it's okay with these songs now. I want to go back after this and listen to them. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And people, as they listen to these podcasts, will have Spotify right. playing, which is cool. Because we, unfortunately, we can't play the songs as we discuss right. them. So I hope they also feel something, <laughs> all I, your listeners. You know, based, on, based on what I've heard, they do, which <laughs> yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. So you have somebody next who has like a whole, you know, truckload of songs that could make your skin vibrate. Nico mm. Case. Yes. Yeah. So you've got two here. Your first one is Sleep All Summer, which I love. You do? Yes. Oh, that version? Or do you have other ones you like? No. Who's the guy who sings this with her? His name's Eric... Mm, I forget his last name. Mm. Shall I look it up? That's <laughs> no, all right. I don't know what it is. Okay. But it's just, this is an amazing for me, just like, it, 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 you know, we we're talking about the, the songs that really kind of have your number emotionally, right? Yeah. And this one is like amazing and painful. Yes. Like it just go, it takes you to that place that you kind of, it's like it, it, make, it makes it makes you weak in the knees, really. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It makes you feel all the feels. Yes. Yeah. Does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I'd heard the Saint Vincent National version of this. Okay. And a friend gave me that version. But I think there's another band who recorded it first. I I'm forgetting their name offhand, but right now. But um this version it's the same thing. Like it's her voice and, and his voice, like it's the perfect pairing of yeah. Two voices. It's the right tempo. It feels like this equal measure of desperation and affection and nostalgia and mm -hmm. just sort of they get the mood of the lyrics right. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. But there's lines that just kill you. Like you, it makes you think of every relationship you've ever had, right? It 
the one she sings, give the ocean what I took from you so one day you can find it in the sand. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, who wrote that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just, they, they keep, uh, the, the chorus is like, why won't you fall back in love with me? Yes, like, it's I It's so desperate and it makes you cringe when you hear it because it's so painful. Yes. You know? But they're also singing it to each other. Yeah. So why don't they just fall back in love? Exactly. They, that's the hard thing. They, they can't for some reason. Yes. Yeah. Oh, just heart wrenching. Like it's not even heartbreaking. It just, yeah. I know. Rips your heart out of your yeah. chest. Yeah. It's funny too because it's a cover and she doesn't normally do covers. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cause those other versions came out before hers. So whoever was the first, it'll come to me down the road, of course. But, um, mm. yeah, like it was quite a while ago, 2005 or something. Mm. And, uh, so it's weird for her to just even not write something like her lines are so great yeah. always. Oh yeah. So she obviously saw something in this song that she felt was at the caliber of the rest of her writing, I guess. Yeah. yeah for sure. Which is hard to achieve. Did you ever hear that story about her in the grand old Aubrey? No. So <laughs> is, when I saw this, it reminded me of the this, this story I heard about her where she was playing in the early two thousands at an outdoor event for the Grand Ole Opry and it was down south obviously and it was really hot during the performance she took off her shirt yeah which led to a lifetime ban from the Grand Ole Opry no way yeah and people thought that it was some kind of like because she's you know she's fringe right so people thought that she was making a statement yeah but she said after <laughs> I, I had, was really hot I had heat stroke and that's why I took my time Oh People thought God. it was like some crazy punk thing that right. I was trying to achieve. Right. But I really was just, thought I was warm. <laughs> <laughs> that story says everything you need to know about her. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> She's just like straight up, no, I was hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yet has this reception. Totally. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, how cool is it to be banned from the Opry for your for entire life? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we can all aspire to that. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a funny story. Yeah. yeah. Playboy uh, asked her to be in Playboy and she said, I would cringe if somebody came up to me with a naked picture of myself and asked me to sign that instead of signing, you know, one of my CDs. Yeah. No kidding. And she said, you know, there's absolutely no way I would do it. Oh, she's so amazing. Wasn't she, somebody voted her in a poll as the most amazing indie babe or something stupid like that it's yeah it's really sexualized her, which is stupid yeah um yeah she took offense to that she got really angry about it she wouldn't even talk about it oh that's so good i love yeah. the way she reacts to this stuff yeah yeah because yeah. it was was it also playboy who called her the best female musician around or something like that i don't know and then like they had done an interview with her it was maybe i can't remember what the publication was but anyway when they tweeted about it that was the headline they gave you know most amazing female musician or whatever oh and she just lost her mind in a yeah. series of tweets like i'm a musician i'm not a female musician exactly. i'm just a musician yeah. <laughs> and on and on and on it went and yeah yeah so you've got two of her songs here yeah so the second one's ragtime yeah which i talked about on your last show yes yeah i do and remember that i just put it on here because it wasn't on that list but I just thought, oh, what a good way to finish because oh, yeah. I had talked about, I think, um, where did I leave that fire and yes. how it had affected me while I was sick and feeling like I was out of control and all that stuff and 
mixed up. And then Ragtime feels like recovery. Mm-hmm. And so it just feels like such a happy song to me that, um, yeah, I think I said this even in your last show, you know, she's talking about, you know, I'll, I'll be there when I'm ready and don't worry about me, you know, these kind of reassuring yeah. lines, but it's okay to not be completely together right now. And, mm-hmm. but then the arrangement of the song too is so joyous with all the horns it's coming, crashing in and yeah, yeah, exactly. Beautiful. I know. I yeah. love it too. Yeah. yeah. And then it ends on this crazy, like sort of crash yes. when you don't expect it to end. And then you think, oh, there's the Nico signature right Which there. I love. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I love when unexpected stuff happens like that. Me too. Yeah. And that's, maybe that's happening a little bit more these days. I feel like silence is really effective in music mm. right now because we're so used to so much sound and there's so yes. much you can do even without any instrumentalists in the room mm-hmm. that when you just cut it off and there's a moment of silence, it like makes people pay attention. Right. It just grabs your attention because I think you're not expecting it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Somebody, I can't think of who it is, has a song like that and it just ends. Yeah. And you just think, oh, it's like the Blair Witch Project almost. That <laughs> right. ending is just like so abrupt and oh. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my God, what's that? <laughs> yeah, you go lurching into this space that yeah. yeah, you didn't anticipate. Yeah, Jeff Buckley. Yeah. Oh yeah. Open once. That's the song. I was thinking about it with Kendrick Lamar's All Right. I don't know if you know that song. No, I don't. It was a hit last last year, maybe. Mm-hmm. The one the album that won the Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. And right in the middle of the song, just everything drops. Just for not very long. Mm-hmm. But what's been happening up until that point is there's been a groove and, you know, things have been rolling. He's, you know, firing off his lyrics. And then it's just like he takes a breath and everybody takes a breath. And Hmm. if you've been drifting off at all, you wake up and you're supposed to wake up, of course, because it's functioning as a protest song. Right. So it's a really great device, I think. I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I started thinking about silence a lot. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, that goes back a couple of decades. It's a little bit different, but like think about ACDC and the, the use of space in their songs. Yeah. Right? So the rhythm. They yeah, don't yeah. fill their songs up with junk. So think about yeah. songs like even You Shook Me All Night Long, Back in Black. Mm-hmm. There's a sparse guitar mm-hmm. and there's open space in the songs. Yeah. The drum is the only constant. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think there's something to be said for that. It's almost like the less is more. Oh, yeah. You know, idea. Yeah, I'm always way more attracted to that than a lot of busyness in music. Yeah. Because you need, I think, the space to be able to map your feelings onto whatever you're hearing. Mm -hmm. And if there's too much to process, then you just, there's no, there's nowhere for you to enter, kind of. It's bad. Like, my partner's going to get upset when he hears this because I'm always telling him, like, fewer notes. Everybody tells him, write fewer notes. He's a composer and his music is super busy and there's all yeah. this stuff going on. And he's actually releasing an album this month of oh, wow. folk songs. Cool. And it's just such a beautiful, sparse texture. There's two singers and then him on guitar and a bass player, right. all acoustic. It's just beautiful. Like, it, it breathes and it lets you breathe as you're listening to it. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, we we argue about that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And he's the talker in the relationship and I get together with him and I'm just like looking forward to any time I can shut my mouth and not talk for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. This has been a joy. Yeah, for me too. It always is. is. I love these conversations where there is just, I can't describe it. Yeah. Just a depth and a 
uh, an organic realness about it. Me too. I love that. And I, I really appreciate that. It's, it's always great to have you in and I want you to Thanks. come back. For sure. Anytime. Okay. Yeah. And I will see you tomorrow night. And I will see you tomorrow night. See, I get to stop talking. It's <laughs> not right. only that I want to see you, but I can stop talking and listen to you talk tomorrow. So, Can I call on you at all during my presentation? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just not to yodel. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. How <laughs> about to play pedal still? Sure. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Dr. Jillian Turnbull. Till next time, folks, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide. <laughs>